This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. So welcome to November. <laughs> we, we don't want ice and cold to sneak up on you. So today we're going to be talking about getting your vehicle ready for winter. That's just between your vehicle repair questions. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And everyone should be saying, thank God we live in Mississippi. So I got a phone call from my son this morning who lives in Seattle. And he works overnight. He works 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. So he calls me and he says, so I came out of work and there was a layer of ice on my windshield. Uh, It changes quickly. It does. So if you, this is also the time, we've got a pretty nice weekend coming up. If you can't get your vehicle in your carport or garage you might need to spend maybe spend some time this weekend cleaning it out so you can protect that. I mean, that just always blows my mind that people have, you know, now they're thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar vehicles. Now I can understand if your truck's too big to actually fit in your garage, but if if you should try to make your vehicle fit in your garage, and that's my opinion. Well, a lot of the houses and the garages were not made for these longer pickup trucks. That's the only reason. But if not, we need to go ahead and get them winterized now before the weather starts. Because if you think about it, we've already had a cold snap. We already had a freeze. So it's time. That's right. The Twitter image for this, I've used a NOAA image that talks about winterizing. MPB on our community weather page has lots of information from, from MEMA and the National Weather Service about how to get your car ready for winter or how to pack for winter or how to drive for winter. Also, MDOT has that information. I'll have some of those images on this website. But we also, we've got Coach's Perspective, so we can answer your questions that you've got. And Coach told me I have a question. I didn't even know I had a question. So believe you me, I'm going to ask my question. You can ask yours by going to our email address, auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, if folks have been driving for a while, like you and I have, they probably kind of know what to do for a, a ICE internal combustion engine vehicle. But what about my new hybrid? What do I need to do with a hybrid? Well, if you think about hybrids and EVs now, since they're being more, they're more popular. If you think about a hybrid, uh, battery loses about twenty percent of its uh, ability to produce power when it gets cold. That's the first thing. So, what you need to do there, hybrids, uh, they do have a coolant system because it does have a internal combustion engine as well. We're going to take and check the freon. I mean, the uh, antifreeze. Make sure the antifreeze is to the level. Um, like I say, in Mississippi, minus twenty degrees. Uh, you're good. But uh, like in Seattle and up north, you want to go a little bit further. But you want to make sure that uh, coolant is uh, 
correct and topped off and make sure that it's uh, clean. You want to make sure that the tires, once again, the tires, uh, I was thinking about, you know, most tires are unusable at 230 seconds, so you want to make sure that you're like three or four thirty seconds on those tires to make sure that they have good uh, traction. If you have an all-wheel drive or a uh, four-wheel drive hybrid, you need to make sure that you put it in all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive during the snowy season, the muddy season. Uh, oil changes, you know, even though the, a hybrid, you want to make sure this is the time to change the oil, okay, to make sure that you... The oil gets thicker uh, in the wintertime, so the engine don't want to turn as good. So you want to make sure that the oil has been changed and you got the right viscosity of oil in it. And you want to check your belts and hoses. want to make sure those hoses. Uh, main thing with a hybrid, and uh, same thing with an EV, you know, we say, well, we don't have no antifreeze in an EV. But, yes, you do have coolant in an EV because those batteries get very hot in an EV and they are liquid-cooled. They have a fan, and they are liquid-cooled. So you want to make sure, especially an EV, that you antifreeze is good in there as well. Okay, If you think about an EV, it only has three coolants, and one of them is brake fluid, antifreeze, and then windshield wiper. And that's another thing a lot of people don't think about their windshield wiper uh, coolant uh, reservoir. You want to make sure that you put the correct coolant in there. Uh, it is blue. You get green. But just make sure it says for windshield wipers, do not put salt, just water in there because it will freeze. And now you've got to get a new uh, reservoir container. So you want to be careful about that. Uh, wiper blades. You want to make sure that you check all of your wiper bl- blades, the front and the rear, because what happens during the summertime, and if you're not using it, just like we haven't had a good rain in the last two months, so if you haven't had a good rain, you're not using your windshield wipers, you want to make sure that that rubber that's going up against that windshield is uh, good and clean and make sure that it's not uh, dry rotted on you, because that'll happen a lot. You can just be amazed if you take a, a paper towel that has wiper fluid or some kind of fluid on it, and you rub it on that uh, uh, rubber and... It can just come off completely black. Right. Just make sure you don't put no armor all on there because then you smear it all over your window. Ooh, no armor all. Okay. Going back to one thing you said about oil changes, and this maybe our longtime listeners will have remembered. You had mentioned, you know, even if you have a car that you don't drive very often and maybe you haven't made that 5,000, 10,000 miles this year, this is the time to get the oil changed anyway, right? It is because what happens, that oil sits there, the vehicle's not been running, and it uh, collects condensation. So there would be a little bit of water in there. And you can always take your uh, oil cap off. And if you see white around the top of the oil cap, then you know it has a lot of condensation in there. And so I'd go ahead and change it at that time. Now, vehicles are so expensive now. I'm sure a lot of people... If they've bought a new vehicle in the last two years, it probably has features they don't even know that they've got, especially if they don't use it too often. What about if you have, how do you switch to all wheel drive if you have that? How do you check to see if you do have that? We know there is a show coming up talking about different um parts of the owner's manual but here you would go into the owner's manual and you would find that particular switch because it'll say an all-wheel drive or say a four-wheel drive you know uh switch and you can cut that owner off on a lot of vehicles unless it's full-time all-wheel drive and then you'd have to change it excellent excellent and yeah that wiper fluid don't just put in water. <laughs> you put water in it, it will freeze, and then you'll end up uh, spending money on a new reservoir or a new pump for that. 
Now, another thing I want you to look at, um, you know, a lot of people do put water just in their radiator. You want to be very careful about that because that radiator will freeze. That water will freeze, and it will bust your radiator because now radiators are made out of plastic uh, tanks, and it will freeze and bust them, and you end up getting a new radiator. So if in the past you have put water in the radiator, maybe it was an emergency, what, what, do, what should you do right now? You want to flush the system, the coolant system, flush it out, get all the uh, rust and everything out and refill it with uh, a 50-50 antifreeze. And so it'll be 50% antifreeze, 50% water, and that will protect you. And the EVs and the hybrids, is the antifreeze they have, same kind of antifreeze that you might pick up anywhere else? Well, all vehicles have a different type of antifreeze. It used to just be the solid green antifreeze, but now they're using a lot of different type of antifreezes in the vehicle with different uh, additives in there for that particular engine or for that particular manufacturer. So you want to be, you want to just, once again, go to the OEM um, and make sure you're getting the right coolant for the antifreeze for that vehicle. Well, this this has just been a master class. We're gonna we're gonna clip and cut this and have this uh, just this segment replayed for when we need ten minutes of perfect, wonderful information. If you've got a question, send us your emails. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about getting ready for winter. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you some next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here's a recent recall. Goodness gracious, 2018 Santa Fe Sport SUVs have a recall with the anti-lock brake system model, which could malfunction and cause an electrical short. Owners of these vehicles are advised to park outside and away from structures until the recall repair is completed. Well. I wonder if you can sort recalls by don't park these cars outside. There is a fire hazard recall. You know, we've had a lot of recalls lately that's been talking about the car will catch on fire. So you need to make sure that you're updated on your recall. Make sure that the dealership or manufacturer knows that you own the car and where you live. We are talking about, uh, so you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, nhtsa.gov slash recall. Just put in your VIN or you can download their Safer Car app. We're talking about getting ready for winter. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. So speaking of emails, we got one here from Robert, who has a 2019 Dodge Ram 1500 5.7L Hemi, Oh, and because I listen to this show, Hemi means it's a diesel? No. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn. Oops. <laughs> Still a gasoline Okay. So when the, his, Robert says, when the weather gets cooler and I'm running about 1,500 RPM, the frame starts to hum like a tuning fork. At different temperatures, it has a different pitch. Has anyone else complained about this? 
Well, I've not heard anything to complain about, but I can tell you what I think it may be is that when the temperature and the metal starts to expand and contract is that it's touching the frame and something's vibrating up against that frame. So you need to be very careful on that. Just see if you can find that vibration because that's what it is. Something's just hitting the frame as it gets hot and cold. Good to know. All right. So let's hear the continuing saga of coaches vehicle getting ordered well we got the vehicle last night it took about three hours to get it but we finally got it she's driving it this morning she's just as happy as she can be oh that's wonderful that's wonderful now is it uh, a hybrid or an ev or just ice it's just ice okay so let's get back to me (laughs) um i have a, a a hybrid you know which has a battery and then evs are all battery Tell me about the the heating system in those vehicles. So if you think about the heating system in a regular combustion engine, it runs off the heater, runs off the coolant that's traveling through the engine. On a hybrid, same thing. You may have a separate uh, heating radiator for the coolant, and you may have one for the heater itself, two different radiators, and that could be on an internal combustion engine as well. But on an EV, it's like it's... It's really not like a space heater, but it does have strips in there, and all it does is blow the fan across those strips. Now, we understand on an EV, since it's all electric, that means that that battery is operating that heat strip, and so it's taking voltage from there. Now, I was reading something earlier, and they said what they would like you to do is, since the vehicle doesn't get that warm due to the heating system, that they would like you to plug the EV in when on cold weather, let it heat up for 30 minutes before you unplug it so you don't drain your battery. But if you do not do that, you're going to get 20 to 30% less range on that battery just because of the cold weather. Well, and... I never lived in the north long enough, but a lot of people plugged in warmers to their vehicles when it got cold. And those were ice block heaters, and what they would do, they would um, plug them up, and they would warm up the block, and they did that. A lot of diesels still do that, but it was uh, up north for cars as well. And then if you think about it, for batteries in our internal combustion engines, you need to make sure that those battery posts are clean. You want to make sure there's no corrosion on them. You want to make sure if it's a serviceable battery that you've taken the top off or take it somewhere, take the caps off of it, make sure it's filled with uh, acid. But do uh, what you're going to do, you don't fill it with acid. It already comes with acid. Just make sure you fill it with water, and it takes distilled water. Never, ever put acid in a battery that already has water and acid in it. So make sure you put distilled water in there. Make sure it's topped off because – in the summertime is when that battery go, goes bad. The wintertime is when it you can see it. So you want to make sure that uh, that battery is good. We've got a call. Let's go to Lonnie in Greenville. Lonnie, we're glad that you've called in to AutoCorrect today with Coach Charlie. What's your comment or question? I got a 2004 Chevrolet, and when you turn the switch to start it, the starter just keeps turning over. It is engaged. But it, it just keeps turning over even when you let off the switch uh, longer than it's supposed to. So, vehicle, I'm saying, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, the vehicle, either crank or it, it, it'll finally just uh, quit turning. Okay, well, really what is happening there is that the bendings are kicking in. Okay, when you turn the key, uh, ignition uh, 
the voltage goes down to that starter. It kicks in the Bendix into the flywheel. And what it's doing is not pulling those uh, Bendix back. Most likely the Bendix or the solenoid itself is going to be bad. So what I would do is see about getting another starter on that vehicle. Because there's, okay. there's still I, voltage going down there, keep, keeping that uh, voltage going and keeping those Bendix in. Which is what's happened when you, the key turns back. You know, because if you, if you notice, when you turn the key and you let go of the key, it turns back a little bit. Okay, right. that that is the time it cuts the voltage off to the solenoid to disengage that Bendix. Okay, it what I did I, I was having trouble before it when uh, when the Bendix kicked back it sounded like a it was making a noise like when you did start the starter you know how it like still engaged right it, right so I went and bought a new starter and put it on and then this is what you know happened so I didn't know if it was a starter. I bought, or maybe something else. Well, uh, what what I would do next time: take the starter off and turn that engine so you can look at the flywheel teeth. Okay, because those uh, that flywheel has teeth on it. So if it's right. something wrong with the flywheel, you may have that problem. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's the starter. Okay. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Thanks, Lonnie. Remember, folks, it's a call in show. We would love for you to call in with your comments or questions. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. Uh, Lonnie, while you're still listening, just let me tell you one more thing. On a Ford, a lot of times the uh, solenoid is on the firewall. So if that solenoid is sticking, you want to check that solenoid as well because that is what controls those Bendix. And it could be on the firewall instead of the starter. Fantastic. Now, with... Vehicles, I know nowadays old-timers might think about having to uh, let the car idle to warm up. You don't have to do that. Is that that's correct? There's no reason to let a vehicle idle to warm up. It, uh, like I say, it has a code injection system on most vehicles where it runs, on, it's, uh, runs at idle and you can take off on the vehicle. I guess one of the reasons one might choose to do that would just to be to get the inside of the vehicle warm so that the heater's working so that your drive is more comfortable. Well, that's what they were saying on the EV. Have it plugged in, cut the heater on, let it get warm, because a lot of times the EV has uh, seat heaters and in there, and they don't really have a real forceful regular heater. So that's, that's the reason they want you to warm that up. But a regular car, uh, like I know a lot of cars, you can just – Within four or five minutes, that car heat is heating up. Two cautionary notes. Don't run it in an enclosed place. Make sure you've got that garage door up if you're going to leave your engine running. And also, make sure nobody can just jump in your car and drive off with it. Yeah, the thing is, Liz, on the carbon monoxide, if you even leave it in the garage, you want that tailpipe, as, if you can get it out of the garage as much as possible, because if you the house, the doors, the, the carbon monoxide go in there. So you want to be very careful with that, especially leaving kids in there, getting ready to go to school and all. Yeah, we had a neighbor who did have their vehicle stolen because it was idling in their driveway, but... You know, it was a driveway, and nobody parked in the garage, and it was just parked in the driveway, and they had it warming up, and someone just hopped in and left. And then it also just breaks my heart when people leave the car running at a convenience store with a kid in the car, and it gets 
stolen. That's that's ridiculous. Well, that's if you remember the one in Jackson that happened and the child got killed. Yeah, don't let's let's don't do that, folks. Let's go to Memphis and talk with Roy. Roy, we're so glad you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Well, I need some help. I have a 2020 Hyundai, and I live in Memphis, and they're getting stolen like crazy in this city. And I was just wondering what y'all recommend about uh, how to stop it. You know, uh, Hyundai just came out with, uh, I saw it on the news the other, they just came out that they're giving people who have Hyundai some type of locking system they can put on their cars. But what I would do, uh, you're not going to keep them from breaking the glass and breaking into the ignition system. What you need to do is secure that steering wheel or they can't turn the steering wheel. Because that's the thing, if they can't turn the steering wheel, they can't steal the car. So one of those club devices? yes. And I, as a matter of fact, I thought that's what Hyundai was giving out, something that about looked like that. But they are coming up with a new software or something to fix that where they can't steal the cars easy. Because Hyundai does have a lot of problems with them selling their cars. Yeah, the, uh, they've got something. they just come out with it's 170 bucks plus installation, you know, which sort of sucks. But uh, um, now they're all kind of different clubs. And, uh, for the locking the steering wheel, any, any of them you recommend or any thoughts on that? Well, you can do, uh, you know, the, just regular club, just the name brand is club because that was the best one they had out there. But I will tell you another thing. You can put your switch in this, you know, and this people won't know it. You put your switch underneath the dash that disconnects the battery voltage to that ignition system. And it, it's not hard. Just put your little silver switch in there that only you know where it's at and you can flip that switch. And they can't get the car. Oh, cool. Because you done killed all the power to the car. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is just the ignition fuse, uh, just find your wire where the ignition fuse is under the hood. And, you know, you put that switch in there, cut it off when you get when you get out of that vehicle and you're okay. All right. I'll give that a shot. Yeah, all right. Try that. A lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good luck, Sorry. Roy. Bye-bye. Uh, Coach, I did find that news release from October where Hyundai released a security kit in partnership with CompuStar, authorizing it and all the car companies' U.S. dealerships to sell it. Hyundai spokesperson said the kit includes a glass brake sensor to secure the car if someone tries to break in and steal it. The kit retails for $170, and customers will also need to pay for professional installation in their car. Yeah, probably a couple hundred dollars to get it in there. But, you know, that's better than having your car stolen. Right. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about getting ready for winter, but that's between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. You know, Coach Charlie, in our Creature Comfort show, Libby Hartfield was talking about a great woodpecker tv show she had watched on mpb tv you can watch mpb tv on the app you can watch old shows new shows so uh that's a it's a great thing to keep that app handy you never know when you might need it you can also click the join mpb button and make a contribution
We really appreciate everyone who makes contributions to MPB. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So here in the news, everybody break out your box of crayons or your colored pencils. Governor Tate Reeves announced the Mississippi License Tag Commission is accepting design submissions for the state's next official car tag. The submission process opened on Tuesday, and proposed designs must be submitted by the end of business day, November 30th, 2022. So you've only got a month, folks. All designs can be emailed to designdesign at dor.ms.gov for consideration. We'll have a link to more information on this page for this show. What what do you think it should be? Well, we had a magnolia. You know, I'm, I'll just go way out there. I like crocodiles, you know. Alligators, you know put, them, put one of them on there. That would be good. Yeah, they, we've had the lighthouse. Um, the, that would be interesting. Uh, there's also the MPB uh, plate, if you want to get that as That's a specialty true. plate. But it would be fun to think about what... What what you'd like to see on the license plate? So hey, I'm gonna. That's a challenge to everybody. I want to hear what you think should be on the license plate. We're talking about getting ready for winter today. We'd love for you to email us your questions. Auto at mpbonline.org. So in the winter, we need to be prepared for maybe a little bit less uh, miles per gallon. Yeah, especially if you have an EV or a, a hybrid. Uh, need to make sure that, uh, Liz, I want to go back to talk about the tires a little bit. For every 10 degrees, we lose a pound of air in those tires. So you want to make sure that you're they're proper inflated and make sure you inflate them when they're cold. And do not look on the tire for the inflation rate. It is in the, uh, past, uh, the driver's side door panel or on the door itself. We'll tell you how much air goes in those tires. And make sure you're in that area. So everybody's buttons are probably, warning lights are probably going off, or they went off a, a couple of weeks ago, or they'll go off in yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, that uh, tire pressure monitoring system light will come on once that tire pressure monitoring gets so low. So you want to make sure that you check those tires, and plus you're going to get better gas mileage anyway and better traction if you're uh, inflated correctly. And I think that warning light, it looks like a horseshoe with a exclamation point on it. Right. Because it's like the tires going flat. Right. So just keep an eye on that. Great. I love that MPB's community weather page has links to all sorts of our uh, state agencies. And I, I like Twitter. I like getting tweets from state agencies. And there are a couple of different images that um, NOAA or MDOT and things have one of the and let's get coach's uh, opinion on some of these tips for traveling in winter weather getting traction so they suggest pack an emergency supply kit winterize your vehicle stay mobile with a mobile phone check road conditions and check the national weather service forecast coach do you have any comments about any of those tips well, first of all, I think those are all good because our problem is a lot of times we go out on a trip and we're not prepared and something happens to the vehicle 
and then we're panicking. So we want to make sure that we get all that taken care of, make sure that you check road conditions, make sure that where you're traveling that you're prepared. You know, because when we went to Alaska and we left Mississippi, we were in warm clothes, and then we got up there, you had to have a whole different wardrobe up there. So you want to make sure that you're prepared and you're uh for wherever you're going to. And the main thing is check the forecast wherever you're going. Make sure that you know what the forecast is going to be before you get there. Yeah, stopping at those. Even when you're driving, if you drive north like to Chicago or someplace and you get out to get gas, (laughs) it can be kind of chilly if you left the house in shorts. Well, I always thought about uh, we go to Oxford a lot. If you leave Jackson in the wintertime, it's 10 degrees difference from Jackson to Memphis area. So you want to be prepared for that. Exactly. Now, one of the things they talk about is having a a supply kit in your car. So here is some of the things from also from weather.gov that they suggest a a windshield scraper. I guess you can use a credit card if you had to, but a windshield scraper is probably a good idea. I was telling Coach, my son in Seattle has one that looks like a, a wampa claw from Star Wars and New Hope. It's it's kind of cute. You need a flashlight with extra batteries. This, yes, that would be good to make sure you have a flashlight in case something happens at night. Right. Um, oh, having those um, uh, camp ones that, that sit on your forehead is good. M- my husband had to change the tire at my on my daughter's car, and it was dark. And, yeah, we could, we could hold the cell phone flashlight on him, but you know, if somebody moved it, it was hard, and you can't hold a flashlight and change a tire. So especially if you're by yourself, having a headlamp like they sell at camping stores is a good thing just to keep in the car. Right. One of the main things, if you're going on a trip, and especially in the wintertime, make sure you have a spare tire. Make sure that vehicle has a spare tire in there, and it is inflated, and it where you can put it on the vehicle. I don't know what I'm going to do. Don't get me started on how Liz has been on a I hate technology ramped this past week. I'm not I'm not even going there. So uh, jumper cables and, you know, if, if you might not need them, somebody else might. And I always read the owner's manual on how to do the jumper cables properly. Well, instead of getting jumper cables, so you, because a lot of times you're not around with a car, give you one of, the, one of those little jump boxes that you can use that are real small, put in the car, because they keep the charge and they will jump your vehicle off and you if nobody's around. Awesome. Uh, maybe have a, a blanket. Maybe have cell phone chargers because we, you know, if you do have a vehicle without a spare tire and you need a spare tire, or you need a tow, you need to have juice on your phone so that you can get someone to come and help you. Yeah, keep that phone charged. And like I say, uh, even the smallest charge in the battery will still charge that cell phone. So you want to be careful on that and make sure it's fully charged at all times. Maybe keep a bottle of water and some snacks. And for me, this is where the snacks would need to be in the trunk so I don't eat them. <laughs> just running around. Yeah, that's, that would be a good one there. Let's go to Brookhaven and talk with Sela. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing your name. Kalita, thanks for calling in today. What's your com- your question or comment for Coach Charlie? Hi. Yeah, you got my name correct. It is Kalita. 
Uh, I'm looking to buy an electric car. I just wanted to figure out what he suggests. Well, just make sure you do your research on electric cars. You got your you got your Tesla. You got several brands out there now. General Motors is coming out one uh, some next year, and then you got Fords. Just want you to do your research on it. Make sure that you can charge that vehicle uh, when you're driving down the highway between different places you're going. Make sure that. Uh, you can charge it at home because they're going to have to install a charger at home because if you just plug it into a 110, like at the house, it takes 24 hours to charge that battery. So you just want to make sure you get the right one that's going to suit you because they make a lot of different ones out there. So just do the research on it. <laughs> do my research? Okay. I also have solar panels on my house. I heard you can put a charger with the solar you can char- yes, you can charge them uh, the with the electric cars. You can charge them as well because really it's just bringing the electricity from the house. So you can uh-huh. yeah you can charge them as well, but it's going to take longer. Um, I was telling you a one ten is going to take about twenty four hours to charge that. Then they got a two twenty oh. that uh, it takes about half the time, and then you have like a four eighty that a lot of places have like gas stations they they'll have the four eighty that takes a quick charge. You know, they get you 100 miles in probably 30 minutes, something like that. But you, Ford's coming out with uh, several of them, but General Motors all next year is going to have a whole line of them. Uh, Honda does not have one out right now, but I know that Mercedes has one. And so there's several of them out there to look and just find the one that is that fits you. I think that's okay. the main thing. And uh, Kalita, also as yes. a, a money talks producer, you might also check to see the the EVs that have been around the longest and they have sold the most of, they may not have the tax rebate. And I think that's even ending pretty soon. So if price is a concern, you need to check to see if it still has a tax rebate. The tax rebate has to be seventy five. It'll be seventy five hundred dollars on a new one at eighty thousand above a used one. If the rebate is thirty five hundred and it is fifty thousand and below used, so that's where your so that's where your rebates are. Good luck. Hey, we would love to hear about your journey as you as you get some uh, research. Tell us what you're thinking, what you're what you're feeling, and then when you do actually make your purchase, we would we would love to walk with you through this or drive with you while you, this process of getting an EV. So be sure to let us know how it goes. I will. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. We're discussing getting ready for winter and taking your repair questions. Send us those emails to our address auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up, and this one was a surprise to me. I'm always surprised when uh, I hear about collaborations. I hear about it in music a lot, but didn't realize that Toyota and Subaru had a collaboration. So that's what he's going to be talking about. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. When fall comes, I want to take advantage of the weather and go for a nice drive out in the country. And the car I have this week is perfect for it. It's the 2022 Toyota GR86. From the outside, it looks like a downsized Toyota Supra, which is really sexy. On the inside, everything you need and nothing you don't. It does have suede wraparound seats that are heated, has Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, great big giant touchscreen, flat screen instrument cluster, and all the crash avoidance systems. But underneath the body is where it gets interesting. So the vehicle is co-developed with Toyota and Subaru. It's built in Japan, 
but it's a rear drive front engine car. And that front engine is Subaru's 2.4 liter boxer four cylinder, generates 228 horsepower. It'll run zero to 60 in 6.6 .6 seconds, tops out about 134 miles per hour, and you'll still get 21 miles per gallon in the city, 31 on the highway, a very nice combination. So let's talk about price. Well, the GR86 starts just under $28,000. This one has equipped $33,507. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Stay tuned after the show Thursdays at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, since we're talking about winterizing the vehicle, just make sure that battery is completely uh, serviced completely. Make sure there's no corrosion on that battery, and just make sure that you check those inflation rates on those tires so you will be able to crank that vehicle up and drive. All right, we got full phone calls. Let's plow through them. Let's go to Roger in Florence. Roger, what's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Well, back to the subject of preparation for the first frost, real well, second frost, a frost on your windshield if you don't have a place to park under a, under something. A lot of people have uh, in their cars during the summer one of those inside windshield screens that keeps the sun off your seat and your, your uh, dashboard. But either that or something else, if you'll put it on there before you go to bed, outside, tuck it under your windshield wipers, and if it's windy, you might need to put something up on it, a broomstick or something to keep it from blowing off. That'll keep the that'll keep the frost off. And you get up in the morning, you pull it off. You don't have to scrape your windshield, which is not good for the windshield or your credit card. Yeah, a lot of people can put a go put a towel on the windshield and uh, and keep the ice off. I've seen that done quite a bit of times, putting a towel on it or something to cover that windshield up. All you're doing is trying to keep the moisture off that windshield. Fantastic, Roger. Thanks so much. Let's go to Florida and talk with Marsha. Marsha, what's going on in Florida? What's your comment or question for Coach? Uh, yes, I have a 2017 Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. And it's got 140,000 miles on it. But every time I fill my uh, car up with gas, I have to put like two quarts of oil in it. And I know it's, I don't have an oil leak because there's never any oil on the ground. It just seems like it eats a lot of oil. Yeah, the 140,000 miles, you know. Um most likely it is burning those that oil is going through the rings and it's burning you should be able to look outside and look at the smoke that's coming out of that vehicle and it should be a gray, blue grayish uh smoke and that just shows it's burning a lot of oil so not all oil drips not all oil leaks drip no it could be burning it through the cylinders themselves and like i say it's just burning it as the engine turns so, so do i need to replace anything well, if it's burning two quarts every time you put gas in it, I would replace the vehicle. You know, because like I say, it's going to have to, if it's doing it like that, you're going to need a new engine because they'll have to rebuild that engine to get that oil to quit burning. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marsha. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let's move on to Raleigh and talk with Joe. Joe, we're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? 
oh, I'm having some trouble with my windshield washer. Uh, the nozzles are plugged up. I, I've removed the nozzles, and I can't blow through them. I took a bristle from a wire brush to try and open the tiny little holes, but I'm, I'm still stuck. Okay, most likely they got wax or some type of uh, debris from the uh, washer itself in there. So what you could do, and you can go get a little tool. It's called a uh, what that they stick little their little pins that you can stick through, like you was cleaning out a uh, welding uh, nozzles, and you can stick those mm-hmm. through there. And they're pretty cheap. You can just go to the parts store and get those. They're probably about four or five dollars, and you could probably stick those through there. If not, the nozzles are not very expensive at the dealership, and they just pop out underneath the hood. They have two little clips that pops out, and you just replace them. It's pretty simple. Okay, so there are sort of a universal. I've already popped them out, and I've tried to clean them with a little wire bristle, but I didn't know this is a Toyota. I didn't know if these were specific or there was a universal replacement. They probably have some universal ones uh, as well, but I would just go to the dealer and get some in there. They're not very expensive, $14, $15. Stick you two new ones on there. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks, Joe. Let's go to John now in Jackson. John, close us out today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Yeah, I've got a 2015 Murano, and it's got 198,000 miles on it. The transmission's fluid's never been changed. And I've noticed when you kind of get down on it to get out in front of traffic or something, it has a little bit of a shutter or slipping. And I was just wondering if you would recommend changing it or just leave it in there until it quits. Well, you know, Nissan had a problem with those uh, transmissions, and what was happening in those transmissions is that uh, coolant from the radiator was going down into the transmission because the cooler was going bad. And so what I would do, I would check that transmission fluid and see if it's uh, overfilled and if that coolant is going in there. And they did have a recall on all those transmissions at one time. I'm not sure exactly it was the Murano, but you might want to check that recall on that particular vehicle. Okay. But as uh, changing the flood after this many miles, what you're going to do, you're going to uh, break something else loose inside that transmission, just say uh, some type of debris, and it may not run at all once you change that flood. Yeah, I, I checked the flood by getting under and letting the motor run and pull a little seal plug out. Right. And it, 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 it may be two or three ounces low. And it looked, I mean, it was a little bit discolored, but it wasn't milky or nothing like that. Does it smell? Can you smell it being burnt? No, I didn't smell it. Okay, well, like I say, that would be something I'd probably just let run because 200,000 miles on it is going to be rebuilt, most likely. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. Thank you, John. We've got about a minute left. I know we have drivers that are experienced, but we may have some that are not, and so winter driving in winter weather conditions slow down allow more space between the vehicles around you brake early and gently never slam on the brakes ditch distractions and stay alert well the good thing about that these vehicles that got abs on there those will help you extremely and uh Slippery weather, those ABS and wheel speed sensors that these newer vehicles have, that is what those are used for uh, if you got traction control in your vehicle. But once again, slow down, 
be aware, make sure that you're paying attention. Do not be distracted, you know, because things can happen. You turn one minute and next thing you know, you're in a wreck. So be very careful. Remind us of all the fluids we need to change and make sure our tippy top before the winter comes. Make sure you got your coolant, make sure you change it or make sure that it's good and clean coolant. And coolant is a mixture of antifreeze and water. So you know what that is. Uh, You want to make sure your windshield wiper, make sure you don't use water, make sure you use the uh, coolant uh, that is made for those wipers. And even check your brake uh, master cylinder as well. Make sure you topped off with uh, brake fluid in there as well at this time. Belts, hoses, you'll make sure all those are good. Make sure that the radiator is full of coolant, the reservoir, because you want to be you're going to be using your heater more. So that means that fluid's going to be circulating. So you'll just be very careful and just check everything. This is the time you don't drive a vehicle one vehicle very often. Go ahead, get that oil changed now. That's right. This is this is this is when you need to celebrate your vehicle and get it all cleaned up for another twelve months. That's it. All right. Thank you for being with us today for AutoCorrect. Gosh, we are so glad that we've got our intern, Charles Arnold and Jay White, helping us with our show. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.